It's that time of the year again when we review your performance. And this will be the basis of your race and how much performance bonus you get. Boss, I think I did really well this year and deserve a promotion. I went above and beyond my roles and responsibilities. And I always make sure that the customer is happy. Oh, that's good. What did you do? Can you give me a for instance? Well, for example, every time a customer orders a large size pizza, I give them a bucket of chicken for free. And of course, they're very happy and always come back for more chicken. What? So you're the reason why we have a lot of missing chicken in our inventory. Do you have any idea how much losses you've caused the company? But boss, a customer's smile is priceless. We are not MasterCard. You're fired. Hello everyone! Welcome to the 66th episode of Banana Q Podcast. It's December, which is usually the time of year when your boss would sit you down and tell you how you did during the year. Let you know whether you're getting a bonus or a promotion. Some people would make a decision based on this information. For example, if their bonus is not good mm. or they do not get the promotion that they want, then they would start thinking about jumping ship, yes. right? But sometimes... If you can't do that for whatever reason, right? Maybe that's too harsh. You can also take this positively. Like you could reflect on yourself. Tell me, where did I go wrong? Like you would think, could I have done something better? And that is why we are here with this episode. Because maybe we can help you answer that question, right? Yes, that's right. And especially now in 2021, it is dubbed as the Great Resignation. Month after month, there's been record levels of people voluntarily leaving their jobs because of various reasons, right? Because of COVID, maybe because they don't feel safe at their current work environment, or maybe their job doesn't have the option of working from home. So it does put you in a lot of risk of contracting the disease. So just from May through September of this year, in that time period of how many months? Four months. 20.2 million workers left their employers in the U.S. Whoa. Yeah, that's a lot of people. And a lot of that 20.2 million come from the leisure and hospitality sector, which is exactly the service sector that's mostly frontlining the service staff or fronting the business, which puts them at a greater risk of contracting the disease. But to be honest, there's more to that as well, because if you think about it, the economy is showing signs that it is doing well, like S&P 500. Look at the equity markets. Everything is green. Everything looks happy. But if you look at the service sector, not a lot of people are experiencing that green, right? Yeah. We didn't really feel an increase in salary. Our salaries have stayed the same. And that's why people have felt that, you know what? This life is unfair. Only the capitalists, the stockholders are making the money, but minimum wages are still the same. So you know what? I'm better off looking for another job. So yeah, that's why there's a lot of people voluntarily leaving their job, looking for another. I see. And you know what? A lot of people as well left their jobs without a replacement because they're just so sick of the situation that they don't have enough money to kind of adapt to the new normal that this pandemic has posed to us, right? Mm. So the lifestyle obviously has to change. The way we commute has obviously changed, but 
there was no change in the benefits that some people received mm. from their workplace. And that is why they just resigned without anything in replacement. They just got sick of all of it. Yeah, not sick of COVID, but sick of <laughs> the work situation. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to career tips, mm. since that's what we're supposed to be talking about, right? And the very first tip won't come from us, but from Harvey Specter, who is a character from the TV show called Suits. Mm. So let me play a clip from Season 1, Episode 3. Does any of this matter? You see that guy over there by the facts? Take a good look. He's never going to make partner. Okay, let me guess, because he threw a lousy rookie dinner. No, because he doesn't get it. Get what? He doesn't get that doing good work isn't the whole job. Part of getting it is that things like the dinner actually matter, even when you don't think they do. Look, you were giving me shit this morning because I come and go when I want to. You know why I can do that? Because when I got here, I dominated. They thought I worked 100 hours a day. Now, no matter what time I get in, nobody questions my ability to get the job done. Get it through your head. First impressions last. You start behind the eight ball, you'll never get in front. That was a very good tip, yeah. right, from Harvey. Make a good first impression. And this is a very powerful tip that struck me the first time I watched this episode. Mm. Uh, he said a lot of things in that short clip, which we will expound on as we go on. So the question, though, is how can you make a good first impression <laughs> at work? I think the very first item that you need to think of mind is be punctual. Like, be the first person. Mm. Be the first employee in the office. That's one way of making a very good impression to anyone, at mm, least. Yeah. I, I usually am the first person in the office to come because I like reading emails early in the morning. So you know when, when you're starting, right? You don't really have access to a cell phone or a corporate phone. The only way you will know what's happened overnight is through your desktop. Uh, I do that so that I can read the emails first, and then your bosses have access to corporate mail through their phone. So the moment they arrive at the office, they would usually have urgent things to ask you or to do because they've already seen the emails that came through overnight. So if you have that advantage that you've read the email when you arrived before the, your boss arrives, you have that kind of edge, right? Yeah. So you can prepare ahead of time like, oh, I know my boss will ask me to do this because I've just seen an email from an angry client about it. so <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, that is true. <laughs> then that is a good impression, right? Your boss would think, hey, yeah. how come you're already prepared? Like, you know what, boss? I got you. Uh, I've already prepared the, mm. the files. This is what happened and all that. And all of that is possible because you just came in a little bit earlier than everyone else. Mm, that is a very good tip. Okay, so another way to make a good first impression is to work your ass off as... <laughs> Yes. Harvey said earlier, right? At the beginning, he worked 100 hours a day. Oh, it's not even possible. <laughs> Obviously, it's an exaggeration, right? But you really do have to do, as they term it in Tagalog, kayod kabahayo, right? Ah, yes. Like you work like a horse. At the beginning of the career, not only because, first of all, you have the energy and the stamina for it, right? Like yeah. later on, that's not going to be the same. But also because you want to prove yourself to your superiors, mm. You want to show them that you are hardworking, that you are not lazy, mm. and that you are trustworthy. As Harvey said again, he was able to prove at the beginning that, oh, we know that you can do the work. So later on, once you've established that, then you can do whatever you want. Mm. 
and they will still trust you. And for me, my real world example of this was when I was starting out, I fell down, I had a bloody knee, but I still crawled back to the office to finish my fun. My superior was like, why are you still here? You know, we could just pick that up. You should go home. But because I proved that I was very hardworking to the point that, you know. Would, yeah, that's dedication right there. I, mean, I am very dedicated, right? So next time, if I want to take a sick leave, mm. nobody even questions it. There was like a rule in the office. You have to call for mm. a sick leave. Yeah. So I was trying to call this manager of mine and he didn't answer the call and he texted me like, why did I call him? I said, I wanted to ask for a sick leave. And he said, you know what? That's for other people. I can trust you. Yes, mm. you can take a sick leave. Nice. So that is why it's important to show that you are trustworthy at the beginning, right? Because you establish your character. Yeah, I like that. And when you mentioned that starting up, we have a lot of energy. That's because also that when we are starting... We have very high in human capital, right? We are young. We can do whatever. Mm. And, and it's also the opposite of our financial capital. We are yes. <laughs> so low. We don't have money yet. We don't have accumulated wealth. But as you move along, your human capital goes down. But at the same time, you, you save up money. Your financial capital also goes up. So whilst you still have the human capital, Make the most of it. Yes. Because you don't have any fallback, right? Like if you can't work anymore, you don't have financial capital to <laughs> set you up for life. So make sure that you invest the human capital that you have to make sure that along the way, when you are maybe in your 30s and 40s, you don't feel so enthusiastic about work anymore. <laughs> At least you've already set up mm. a very good foundation career-wise. That is a good point. Because if you work very hard at the beginning, right? When you have a lot of free time, like for example, you don't have kids or, or mm. relationships, right? Yes. So at the beginning, pour all that you have that you possibly can into work so that you could get promoted faster, that sort of thing, right? Or yes. you can clock in hours for overtime pay. Yes. At the beginning, do that because eventually when you're older, you know, you have back pains and you don't <laughs> have the capacity to stay up that late. Or also if you have children, right? You have to set aside time for mm. them. Then it's better, right? You can coast at that point already. That's so right. that's why we have to kayot kabayo at the beginning no. of our career. So I think if you're just starting and you've already complained that, oh, I don't have work-life balance, like, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> Clock in the hours first and maybe later on mm. as you progress in your career, then yeah, maybe you can you can demand more of work-life balance. But as you are still starting, I think mm. it's important to prove yourself that you're determined that you're the right fit for the job. Yeah, I think... A Typical example of this is the movie The Devil Wears Prada. When you're young, you watch that movie, right? You are totally with her. Mm. Like, how dare this boss of mine? I mean, to be fair, Meryl Streep's character was too much. Mm. But like a lot of people I saw in threads later on, they felt that her friends there mm. were like not acting in her best interest. They were saying, why are you working so much? Like, it's just a year. She just had to work like a dog for a year mm. and then she could have any job she wanted right yeah. they should have let her do it yeah. what was all that drama about now as you're older you realize like how ridiculous her friends were being because young people we tend to be blinded by all these movies that we see that are not yeah. really realistic the reality is you do need to work hard at the beginning in your 20s just work hard that's fine and that is why it's common for accountants a lot of them go into audit the big four yeah. at the beginning because you're young. And then if you clock in the hours, you can work anywhere you want. Yes, I like that. 
And that's a good segue to the next tip because you've mentioned being an accountant, right? And there's nothing sexy about an accounting no, job. not at all. Not at all, right? <laughs> so what helps you get motivated is to have the right attitude towards work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though you're just looking at numbers all the time, use that as your motivation. Also, sometimes things go wrong. Like maybe you make mm. a mistake and then your boss scolds you. Mm. You know, it's normal. Like uh, even though it sounds bad, like you probably get depressed for five minutes just shrug it off it's not in your job description that you know you need to be resilient and all that but i think it's a given yeah like you are measured not by how perfect you are or you don't make a mistake but on how you react to the times that you you know you've fallen down that's true the measure of success is how you treated that incident yes, yes. I how agree. you reacted to it if you reacted positively, did you use that as a catalyst to be a better person or you just mm. use that you know, to bog you down and be negative about life to be a negastar? <laughs> negastar. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> so always have that right attitude. Yeah, I think one of the questions I got from an interview before was, can you give me an example of a time when you, know, you had an argument like you did not agree with your teammates ah, or something. Okay. How did you handle that? So luckily, I did have a lot of those scenarios. Like I said, I just don't take it personally mm. because it's work, right? Like yeah. could be that, you know, you are arguing about this. Like as long as you don't cross the line, like don't throw words that you're going to regret. We are arguing about this particular piece of work. But at the end of the day, you should try to forget that. Hmm. We are friends, so try to not take it personally. We have a saying in Philippines, walang personalan, trabaho lang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but actually, in the Philippines, we don't do that. We take things personally, Yo. right? <laughs> yeah, that's something that I've learned in, in Singapore, actually, not in the Philippines. So we need to learn how to compartmentalize situations. Yep. Like if your boss gets angry at you because you've made a mistake, Probably because he has or she has the right to get angry at you. Because indeed, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate that something happened. Let that sink in for that moment. Don't let that destroy a career that you have. Just compartmentalize. Don't let that affect the entire day. Like learn from that mistake, but then move on. Since we're talking about attitude, you also should learn how to communicate effectively or to collaborate with the people around mm. you, right? So build relationships, basically. And the first step to doing that is to make sure that you make yourself understood. Because if you are terrible at getting your point across, then how are you going to have a relationship with people? Yeah. My number one tip for this, you know, don't rely on email. There's a lot of subtext that can get lost mm. in text, right? Like maybe you're reading it differently. Yeah. Like, for example... The client said this and you read it as though he's yelling, but actually he's not. You know what I mean? So if you feel like, okay, this is getting too contentious already and you just want to clarify things, the best way to defuse the situation is to pick up the phone and call. Yeah. Because you will hear the tone, right? Yeah. It's enough sometimes to just defuse the situation. Yeah. A trick that I do there is if too emotional about something, maybe I'm about to hit reply and send a respond email, maybe... Stand up, go to the pantry, have a drink, have a think about it, have a read through again of your response. Probably you won't send that, right? Because sometimes mm. we are just too hyped up for the moment and exactly. we want to respond emotionally. And you have to remember that if you have sent 
an email, there's no way of getting it back, right? It's forever there. Some things that my friends do, they will write an email, they're mad, blah, blah, blah. So before they send it, they paste that text to me and say, <laughs> can you read this? Does this sound angry? And then it, it, that helps though, because you would be able to provide feedback. Mm. I find that that helps a lot. The next one that I want to mention that is related to that is try and build relationships with your stakeholders, not just with your boss, but literally with everyone around you in the office, because we as employees, we spend most of our time in the office, right? We don't want to admit it, but sometimes we do, like we work on overtime. So that means we probably would be in the office maybe 12 hours a day. And then when we get home, we just sleep and then make up the next morning and do the same thing. So Uh. it's important to kind of have that relationship with your stakeholders, because that essentially is our life. And at the same time, a lot of our work is based on that relationship, on trust. And you know what? I've always believed in a saying that, you know, greatness is at the agency of others. Like you can't do everything on your own. You really need to rely on people. Like Ah. if you're doing something important, chances are you don't know everything. So you would need to ask somebody for help. And you know what? That will be easier if you've already built a relationship with your stakeholders. Oh, yes, you're right. To that person in in the pantry (laughs) and then you chit chat about his or her weekend. You know what? Asking for a favor with that person gets a lot easier compared to just like, oh, he's calling again. I'm pretty sure he's going to ask for work thing. So it's like, so <laughs> You have so a lame. point, yes. Maybe people are avoiding your calls <laughs> because of that, right? Yes, yes, you're right. That is a very good point. For example, my job involves talking to pretty high stakes stakeholders. Mm. Managing directors, senior vice presidents, and up. But then in my team, I was the most junior. Mm. My senior vice president said that I was the one who was best at building relationships with Mm. our stakeholders. Like, you know, we could all send emails. And then my vice president is like, we all send emails and you're the only one who got a response. (laughs) I'm the one who like has to follow up because I'm the one with a good relationship. And how Mm. did I do that? As you said, right? The small things, for example, I'm asking for data from all the different department heads. And then they come back and he's the first one. So I said, oh... Congratulations, you're the first one. Here's a star for you. <laughs> for some people, they wouldn't think that like um he's a senior vice president. Why would you say? But he was so happy about it that he mm. replied like, yes, I have a star. Because these people, they are people, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you would be scared of the fact that they are like some big shot guy, but they do still have a sense of humor. Of course, you pick how to create a joke, right? Like, mm. of course, you suss out these people. He seems like he has a sense of humor. And then you know when yeah. you can crack a joke, who you can crack a joke to, right? If it's a very serious guy, obviously you don't do that. I'm usually good at judging people. Uh, in the end, I had so many BFFs. They would say, oh, there's your BFF again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. When you mentioned go pick up the phone and talk and build relationships, but... As I recall, when I was just starting to work, I usually get intimidated with people, right? Especially knowing that they already have been in the company for a long time. It's hard to remove that intimidation, right? But I think what mm. works best for me is chit-chat. In the Philippines, mm. we, we, we love chit-chatting. And surprise, surprise, in the West, they love chit-chats as well. Like your colleagues from the US, colleagues from Europe, they would love to engage in chit-chat. Sometimes 
it's it's too much <laughs> like <laughs> yes actually, also <laughs> we've already talked about the entire <laughs> weekend but I, i was actually here for for something else <laughs> like something like that right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i think the important thing on these chit chats is you need to remember them mm, yes definitely like i noticed if you remember like a small point even like for example they mentioned they have a child they mentioned the child's name make a note somewhere about mm. the child's name Yeah. And if you mention that next time, you're gold. Yeah. You will have a really good relationship with those people, I promise you. Yeah. I like that. And starting small chit-chats, remembering the details, as you've said, I think really builds that relationship. And yeah, it's a very wonderful tip. Don't be afraid to talk casually with people because I've had a lot of those experiences. Remember before when we were in reconciliations and we would be talking to local office, LO, remember? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't usually chat with LO, right? Yeah. <laughs> remember my superior was like, what? You have a relationship with our LO? Like that actually helps, right? Because before LO, like they have a hard deadline, you think. But because I have a relationship with that LO, then you could ask to push the deadline if you are in mm. a pickle. So that really helps out. Yeah, and that's a good point, though. You should also not only focus on chit-chats. Like, don't be remembered as that guy who always chit-chats and <laughs> yeah, doesn't no, get no, no. anything done. <laughs> like, use chit-chat as a lubricant to conversations. But at the end of the day, you still need to do your job. Like, mm -hmm. use that to propel you to doing your job effectively, not just mm. chit-chat and then stop. <laughs> that would yeah, be a yeah, very yeah. weird label. Oh, here's the guy again, chit-chat. Then nothing the, gets done. Yeah. yeah, the talkative guy. Yeah, sorry, we should clarify. That is yes. a good point. Thank you for pointing that out. There is an offshoot to building relationships, right? Because there is something called office politics. Oh, and it yes. is very real, right? Mm -hmm. So there's good relationships, but there's also like bad relationships, right? <laughs> When you start off, you are very idealistic. You think that you will just work, 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 and then that's it. Hmm. The best person is gonna win. It's not like that. If you watch Survivor, one of the first people to go, she was saying she was very idealistic. She was thinking the best Survivor is gonna win. But in the end, it wasn't that, right? The ones who won were the ones who were thinking tactically. Hmm. So unfortunately, that also happens in the corporate environment, isn't yes. it? Like the one who is better at building relationship on purpose, not just because it's a harmless thing, but maybe because he really just wants to put other people down sometimes, right? Just so he can go up. That's the sort of thing that you experience at work. And there are a lot of moments, why did that person get promoted? She's not even that good. Mm. And it's because she knew how to kiss ass or something like that. Mm. Aside from that, there's these toxic relationships that happen, right? For example, one department head hates this other department head and then it becomes more difficult to get things done, right? Yeah. So that's part of politics, isn't it? Yeah. So those are the things that unfortunately <laughs> exist in the workplace and make things harder. Yeah, definitely. Because if you imagine there are a lot of people in a company, right? Like for my current company, for instance, we serve in like 130 countries and we have like more than 83,000 people mm. all over the wow. world and there's no way that there's no bureaucracy inside the company right? yeah, there's, yeah. there's mm -hmm. a lot of people and the structure itself there's an intrinsic bias towards creating uh, a structure that has a lot of loopholes and you've mentioned a few of them and that's because you know no, nobody's perfect there's a lot of you in one company and that's why it's so hard to navigate in that and one way to somehow cope with that is accept the fact that there is politics in the 
company and corporate life is inherently unfair, right? Yes. Because there's a structure that's very limited and there's a lot of people. And if you are feeling, if you are at the lower end of that politics, maybe try and talk to people, right? Maybe you're too biased in your head. Maybe you're not seeing the full picture. So say for that example, right? You mentioned mm. that maybe that person is not so fit for the promotion. Then maybe you're not seeing the entire picture. Then maybe if you talk mm. to other people, then maybe that person has a working relationship with that newly promoted person. Maybe there are justification to that move. So maybe everything is just in your mind. All the conspiracy theories is just <laughs> in your mind. So maybe try and talk to people to shed some light on the truth. Maybe all you need to do is change your mindset. You're thinking too negatively about the company. But you know what? Sometimes bureaucracy needs to be done just so there is order to the chaos that corporate life brings, right? There's a lot of people, and that is why when you mentioned bosses talking to other bosses, and that is why there are favors that needs to be done because that's how essentially how it works. So if that's not for you, then maybe you won't last long in the corporate environment. If you really want to work there because what? Of course, you need money. That's the first reason why you have a job, right? Then you have to learn how to drown out the noise or to just, you know, deal with it in your own way, like compartmentalize as well. But that's not to blanket everything is okay, right? If you really feel that there is something unfair that's being done, then maybe talk to somebody within the company that is in charge of looking at compliance issues, if there are unfair advantages, if there are discriminatory practices that's being done, be it in your by your boss or by your colleagues, then talk to somebody in your company that is uh, in charge of that because sometimes your hunch may be right and some actions are needed. And maybe you're not alone. Maybe other people are feeling the same way and maybe we can group together and raise that together as well. But you're right as well that sometimes... There are necessary evils and all you have to do is, you know what, just navigate your way out of the mess yeah. and ignore all these negative issues. Um, don't be too idealistic. I think maybe at mm. the start, that's fine. Like, go be idealistic. But as, as mm. you gain experience, you would realize that there are smarter <laughs> ways of dealing with these kind of situations. Yeah, that's true. Just mm. pick your battles, I would say. Yeah. Kind of like already um, listed the things that you w would need to know as a newbie, I guess, yeah. like how to make your first impression and also how life is really like, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a rude awakening. <laughs> <laughs> so you're now mid-career. So, you know, how do you get to the next level, basically, if you want to get there? So maybe that's what we could talk about next, right? So I would say first is to be confident. In episode 26, what challenges do women face and how can we fight them? I mentioned there that it was mentioned in a book by the COO of Facebook that confidence is actually an issue or lack of confidence rather is an issue that is more common among women. Like, for example, one of my friends recently got offered a promotion and she did not want to accept it. Mm. And her reasoning was she didn't feel that she could do it. So, of course, I had to rally behind her and say, no, that's not true. You just think that, that an AVP position is scary. It's really not as scary as you seem to think it is. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I'm sure you can do all that. And you're not going to get offered that position if your bosses think that you cannot handle it, right? Mm -hmm. 
apparently that's the sort of thing that is more common with women i think men usually don't turn down promotions they usually are the ones asking for it yeah. whereas women are like oh i don't think i'm ready blah 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 so so this is a very common thing not just with her but i have had other friends and me personally <laughs> you shouldn't be that way basically you should be more confident in yourself mm-hmm. because sometimes that's all in your head you just think you can't do it but you actually can yeah. so I managed to convince my friend to accept the promotion because I was saying that, first of all, she deserves it. And second of all, you're going to be asked to do those things anyway. Mm. So might as well get paid for it, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually a tip that I heard from somebody else before. So that's I just passed it along to her. So in the end, yes, she is taking the promotion. Nice. And don't fall into the trap that if you get promoted, all of a sudden, all of the blame, if something goes wrong, will go to you, right? Like, you're still part <laughs> of the team. Like, you're not doing it alone. You being promoted doesn't necessarily mean that overnight, your respons- <laughs> responsibilities exponentially grow. Yeah. No, it doesn't no. work that way. It's a gradual change. You get yes. more and more responsibilities. But yeah, welcome that change. And eventually, that's the only way to grow inside a company, right? Having more responsibilities. Yes. And the best part is getting paid for it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and as we said, right, that's the perks of working hard while you were young. Because eventually mm. you will get promoted, get paid more. And this next tip is kind of related to being confident because it's one way of gaining confidence. And that is knowing why. Like you're tasked to do things. You need to know why are you doing it? Like you need to put purpose on whatever it is that you're doing. I remember... Uh, my first job, it was very mundane, like just collating data, using Excel day in, day out, creating reports, but not necessarily knowing why I'm doing it. Uh, like who's reading all these reports? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh huh. What What is it that they're using this report for? So I don't really have that sense. Like I'm just doing it just because I was told to do it, but not necessarily knowing what the implications are if I don't do it or what's the positive effect that I am bringing or what value am I bringing to the company. And knowing that purpose is very powerful. It gives me confidence Mm. that, hey, I am a part of this company. Yes. If I stop, everything stops. That probably is an exaggeration, (laughs) but it's part of giving confidence to yourself. Like Yes, yes. Your pep talk when you're in in front of the mirror, you're preparing for work, like, hey, you know, I'm adding a lot of value for the company. So that's how you gain more confidence. And You know what? Knowing the purpose also makes your job worthwhile. Mm. We mentioned in our midlife crisis episode (laughs) that sometimes you wake up and then it's work again. Like you don't have that motivation to get up. Everything Mm. feels like a chore. And you know what? Knowing why you're doing your job gives you that caffeine kick better than your coffee, right? I think. Maybe not. I still need coffee. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still need coffee. But you know what? It gives you that fulfillment. It's not that you're dressing up for work and then you're just a seat warmer for the company. You're actually doing something valuable and seeing end-to-end like who the end consumer is. And at the end of the day, you're actually giving benefits for the workplace, the society in general. Then, yeah, it gives life meaning. Yeah, that's true. It's very important to know why. And also, if your boss doesn't give it to you, mm. then you should look for it. And if you are a boss then maybe that's a good tip for you. Maybe you should explain to your employees, why are they doing this? What Mm. is the impact if they don't do something like that, right? It gives 
them confidence. It makes them feel important that mm. they have value to the company. And it gives you the confidence to say no as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Like if if somebody is hassling you for a report that they need right now, right now, and then you, why? Like <laughs> it doesn't make sense because I know the purpose of this report, and this is you telling me a totally different thing. This is not connected, and so it gives you uh, the confidence to say, you know what? That's BS. <laughs> I don't have to do that. <laughs> It's totally unrelated to what I'm doing. So no, uh, no, uh, I don't. That is a good point. This reminds me of an experience I had when I was joining this company and I was undergoing training, right? Because I'm a new joiner. And I was asking my trainer, why are you doing this? Because I, I saw already an existing report that's kind of like serving the same purpose. Then why are we still doing this? Oh, that's a good point. Duplicating effort. He, he tried to come up with convoluted answer. You know, <laughs> that, you know what? Probably, if you stop sending this report, nobody would notice. And we tested. He stopped sending it for like three weeks. <laughs> nobody did notice because <laughs> there is already an existing new report that's automated ah. and probably a better and more accurate picture as well because it's it's using the newer logic that our new system is using. So he was already sending a redundant report. And you know what? He's been spending a lot of time preparing that report. And that's why he was trying to pass it to me because I'm the newbie and I saw, <laughs> and so I, I should be staying up late and preparing for that report. And you know what? I didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. Nobody has to do it. It's no longer serving its purpose. Uh, yeah, that is important. It is rather important, yeah. So since you mentioned automated report, that's one thing that we also want to talk about, which is to automate where you can. That means, you know, don't just be happy to do the same thing. Mm improve your work, right? When I was younger, I was actually allergic to the term process improvement, but now I'm really big on that. <laughs> I was talking to, you know, someone like me, a bit older in the company earlier, and we were just talking about this, like we we're talking about people, right? Like, oh, this person would rather do this thing manually. I already told her to try to figure out how to improve it, but she never did anything. But the thing is, I said, some people, they just would rather focus on the now, Because they know that if I have to automate this, I need to allot, what, two, three hours to figure out how to write the macro or if, if you do that, or maybe if you're using Power BI, which is what I usually use, it takes time, right, to analyze, yeah. like, how do I make this do that, that sort of thing. So it does take time at the beginning, right? Yeah. But in the future, that job that usually takes you like let's say 30 minutes per instance, would now just take five minutes, right? Mm. If you had only taken one hour at the beginning, that's going to save you like 30 minutes per day. Yeah. You should find a way to automate things and then that will improve your work, right? And it will improve the capacity of the team because now, since you're only doing this for a small amount of time compared to before, then you can take on more work, right? Mm. And maybe you can even take on more value-added work rather than just something that is just brainless activity of copying and pasting from one point to another. I agree with that. So uh, invest in automating because it's going to pay off big time, especially when it matters the most, right? Like you're working overtime, your head is no longer functioning properly, and then all of a sudden, huh, I didn't have to do that anymore. I didn't have to spend that extra time because now I have the macro to automate it. I've used that. I've benefited on automations a million times. So I guarantee that it really is helpful. And then at the same time, you've mentioned that it gives you the opportunity 
to do a lot more value-added work. And that's because sometimes your mind is already used up doing the mundane task and you don't have the capacity anymore to maybe strike a conversation with your stakeholder. Yeah. You dig deeper into the very questions, the very problems that you're trying to solve. And you know what? You open up a lot more opportunities. Probably you see a lot more problems, which is a side <laughs> effect as well. Like the more, <laughs> the more problems you fix, the more problems you see. That's something. But at least you're not stuck into something trivial. You're already exploring, asking bigger questions. And that's one way of expanding your network as well. Because maybe you've faced a problem that only a head of development team or head of IT could answer. And they were like, hmm? somebody has recognized a problem that we thought we are the only ones who knows about it. So it, it does expand your horizon. So yeah, I'm a big believer of automation. And at the same time, it's more accurate as well. Like, can you imagine like without Excel, if you need to type manually <laughs> yeah. everything, it, it's prone to errors. And yeah, automation is like guaranteed more accurate. And you know what? If it does not solve all your problems, if something does go wrong, don't BS your way out of that problem. Yeah. Before, in my earlier in my career, I always tried to sneakily not admit any mistakes uh-huh. <laughs> and try to sugarcoat it to anyone, to, to the clients, to my bosses. But you know what? Honesty is still the best policy. Sooner or later, that mistake will be uncovered. And when people knew that you were trying to hide it, it'll be a very bad a reflection of the kind of person you are. So don't cover it up. Just admit that, hey, something wrong happened, but come up also with a solution ahead. But also, I'm not saying that, oh, I'm gonna wait until next week to say it until I come up with the <laughs> solution. No, like, especially if it involves a financial impact to anyone, to clients, to the company, like be upfront about it. Don't try to solve it on your own. Like you're still, you still belong to the team. Mm. Be proactive about it. But at the same time, don't take a passenger seat on the solution. Try to drive the conversation as to what controls you need to put in place so that you avoid making this mistake again in the future. That's, that's how it is, right? That's how we evolve yes. as, a, as a better company. And that is looking at problems and then looking for solutions. So I, the word that I want to paint here is resilience right? try to be malleable don't make a mistake and then break like try to <laughs> be more flexible and in, in looking for solutions i would say i remember when i was starting off i think we attended a session about this probably on how to write emails mm. and there was a template if i remember correctly it's like if you know if you're being accused of something which you actually did do right you, you were wrong like you have to own up the mistake mm. And then you would always have to follow up with going forward. I'm going to do this so that this does not happen again. Yeah. Don't just say it, but don't do it, right? You should actually <laughs> do it. You should remember not to do that again next time. Otherwise, your client is never going to believe you again. <laughs> like, way you ever you say this already 10 times. <laughs> right? Yes. Protect that trust. So yeah, own, mm -hmm. own the solution and don't forget about it. <laughs> really, really see it through to the end. To add on to this, right? Sometimes we are afraid to admit our mistakes mm. because we feel like we're going to get yelled at. Not just mm. the, not just the client, right? Maybe, maybe your boss. You would rather hide the truth because you're afraid that your boss is going to yell at you. I've had bosses where I was so afraid to actually admit my mistake. Mm. And then when I finally did, 
they all just said, you know what, that's okay, you're human, right? Like, mm. you can make mistakes. If you show them that you are very sorry about what you did and that you will, you know, do something to not make this mistake happen again, they would usually be cool with that, mm. right? Just admit it. But also show remorse. If you like brush it off, like, oh, that's nothing. So what? I'm just human. That is not a good attitude to have, okay? (laughs) Show remorse. Show that you are truly sorry that you made this mistake. Admit it and say, maybe I can do this next time so that it won't happen again. It's like confession, right? Don't just Mm, (laughs) commit a sin just just because... (laughs) <laughs> Everything will go away once you confess. Like, um, no, that's not the point. <laughs> the next tip that we will share is look for a coach, a corporate sponsor, a mentor, an evangelist of your career. You know, every year we have this career development talk with our bosses, right? Yes. A lot of people take that for granted, but for me, I really take that seriously. No. Oh. I, I take that seriously because... It's an objective way of measuring how well you've done, right? Ah, true. And yeah. it's a good checkup point that, hey, last year I, I am a person with this skill set. This year I am a person with this skill set. Am I better? Am mm. I worse? So it's mm. actually a good measure. And, and, and the reason why I'm talking about that is it's also a sign that you are not the author of your career. Like you depend on people above you like your boss Mm. that will be your evangelist that will support you along the way like knowing that these people your boss talks to other bosses and in your team there probably are 10 or more of you so if they talk about hey who are your top talents then you ask yourself am i the first person my boss is gonna bring up what are the things that i'm good at what i'm better at with my colleagues that would probably shine to conversations like you have to make sure you have that person, you have a boss, or you have, even if it's not your boss, be it a person from another team, but for as long as that person is kind of like part of the C-suite, part of the discussions about talent growth, talent retention, you know, mobility, uh, make sure you have that person. That's one of the career advice that I asked from a friend before that, hey, I'm considering going for an MBA is the time mm. and the money investment worth it, right? Because if you mm. go MBA, you probably need to stop what you're doing for two years and also at the same time, it costs a lot of money. But then he was like, do you have a fruitful career already? What I mean by that is, mm. do you have somebody in your company looking after your career? And if the answer is yes, then probably MBA is not a worthwhile investment because you're risking everything, right? Like You're letting go a career that you have somebody already looking after your development. Like, what's mm. the point of an MBA if you, if you already have an evangelist in your company? <laughs> Chances are that the time lost and the money you spend on a school probably doesn't pay off uh, the opportunities that you've lost. Now, let's just go back to what Harvey Specter said earlier, right? Where he said, doing good work is not the whole job. So I think I alluded earlier like to the TV show Survivor, right? Wherein you think that that's what work is going to be about. Like there are going to be 10 batchmates. The most brilliant one is going to be the first to get promoted. That's not how it works. Even yes. if you like, you do the best job, that's not all there is. If you do a good job, but you don't tell anyone about mm. it, then how is your boss's boss going to know? I'm sorry, but the tribe has spoken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. So, unfortunately, I didn't really know this. <laughs> Nobody told me that this was supposed to be how it worked. So, that's why it took me a really long time to get promoted before because I didn't know that you had to ask for a promotion if you wanted one. So, I was like, just feeling terrible. Like, why am I not promoted? You know, I had a very good rating. All along, maybe they thought I didn't want a promotion. Again, this depends on the boss because some bosses take the initiative to just ask you. Mm. Like, for example, my friend, right? She was asked. But there are bosses who, like, if all of you are brilliant in the team, for example, the one who asked for it, they're going to be the ones to get promoted, right? Like, mm. why would it be given to you? Unless it's, like, a team structure wherein there's, like, a supervisor that needs to look after other people. But what if you are, like, in my previous team where it was a pretty flat structure? Even if you got promoted, you would be essentially doing the same thing, but just you have the higher pay and also the better title. Mm. For that scenario, you need to ask for it, yeah, right? Definitely. I'm probably on the more aggressive side of it because every year or every half a year, whenever this career development catch-up happens i always upfront about hey what do i need to do to to take on the next level i'm always very objective about it and then your boss gives you a list and then next mm. half a year or next year you present your boss hey this is the list you've given me these are the things that i've done to pass it like, ah. what, what happened to the promotion what's going on what's you know what are the mm. next steps something like that so it's not subjective like, oh, I'm the previous and so I so I should get a promotion. It's actually very <laughs> objective. Like there's a Mm-mm. list that Making you can Making a list like, things and that checking you need to it do. twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Sorry. I, yeah, that, that's a point, right? I wish somebody had told me that earlier mm. on in my career because maybe I didn't have a mentor or evangelist or I just never talked about these things with my friends before. Like we were friends and... We were not really talking about these things before. Right? We were always yeah. talking about other nonsensical things on the face of the earth. Yeah, we're, we're just drinking back then. <laughs> we should have talked about this. I didn't know that. The only reason why I realized this was I was in this International Women's Day forum. My ex-boss was one of the speakers and she talked about this. Oh, she also experienced this exact same thing. She said she felt bad. She was not promoted. And then her boss told her, you should have asked. And I said, so she's expecting me to ask. And then at my next one, I asked. And then, yes, I did get promoted. <laughs> ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. We don't want you to go in there expecting that if you ask and you would immediately get it. As Ray said, you need to check off the things in the list. And also, it's dependent on a lot of things, right? Mm. Like maybe there are other people in the pipeline who asked before you, that Mm. sort of thing. And also, the powers that be need to approve, right? The budget, do they have enough money for that, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't immediately get that promotion at the year end because mm. usually you get the appraisal session and then year end right most promotions happen at the end of the year mm-hmm. is that the same for your companies yeah so i did not expect a promotion in mid-year right and then what happened was my director from new york flew to singapore for her annual business trip and then she usually holds this session one-on-one session with each one of us actually it's two-on-one because it's her and our senior vice president and then you and then you just talk informally what do you want we were downstairs at the cafe and then we went up to the fifth floor which was where my senior vice president's office was and when we got in there surprise there was a board there was my name congratulations Heidi and then there was like a lot of random Tagalog words like my teammates 
had written oh. all the Tagalog words they know, like even utot and like pare. <laughs> <laughs> what is the connection? And pestika, huh? <laughs> like, like they just randomly put all the words there. And I said, what's going on? And then my director, right, she told me to stand beside the board. And then she asked the other guy who had decorated the board. So that's Gohao, right? So she asked him also to stand beside the board. And then she said, congratulations, the two of you are getting promoted. Ah, and nice. then I was like, oh my God, I didn't expect this. But Gohao <laughs> was even more surprised because he had just spent 30 minutes decorating the board as a surprise <laughs> for me. <laughs> he didn't know he was also getting promoted. So they had pranked him. And then like my other teammate, Yan Ming, he wrote under my name and Gohao. <laughs> Gohao probably was thinking, how come huh? he's getting a promotion whereas I'm stuck? Well, that was a good prank. Because he's the prankster in the group. So yeah. it's like everybody's just getting back at Payback. him for all these pranks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is my most memorable no, <laughs> promotion nice. ever. And then our last tip is know your worth. Negotiate your salary. Do you do that, D? I'm terrible at this. Can you please give me tips? <laughs> how actually do you uh, negotiate well, salary? It's unfortunate, right, that most companies have this policy that you should not talk about your salary with your colleagues, right? Because mm. it's one way for them to manipulate or I would say <laughs> control people asking for salary raises, right? Yes. But if you feel that you've deserved that salary, uh, increase or you deserve that promotion but then the company keeps telling you oh we're in a tight budget there are no open positions times are hard we need to tighten our belt you know what probably it's time to also look for uh, benchmarks outside of the company so oh, okay try and talk to people schedule interviews like apply for opportunities outside of your company not thinking that immediately you would leave your job. Like, don't let your boss know that you're applying for other jobs. <laughs> <Okay>. Just fish <laughs> for conversations from recruiters because recruiters know the yeah. market. They know what's in, what's out, how much people are getting paid. So have that conversation. And then once you have a solid offer from another company, tell your boss, Hey, boss, I know we've talked about that promotion that's been stalled. I have a solid offer from another company, and they're offering me this amount of money, which is like very different from my current round salary. So I am inclined to accept the offer because of this and that and that. So you offer reasons, right? Oh, it's a, it's a good move for me because I'll be exposed to another type of work. It's a good expansion of my network. And at the same time, I'm getting paid more mm. and if your boss really recognizes your effort your value for the company chances are they will counter offer you oh. they would probably give you hey you know what that amount of money we can afford that it's a win-win right because you're able to have that conversation with your boss with a proper backup like you really have mm. market data that i am worth mm -hmm. this much because literally somebody's offering to pay me this money so i am worth this much Okay. If your boss will say, uh, you know what, we really can't do that, so they would let you go. And at least you're not burning any bridge. Ah. It's, it's, a, it's an open and honest conversation about yourself. Maybe you have more responsibilities. You just became a father or you just 
entered into a mortgage and now you need to pay the bank for, <laughs> for higher interest, whatever the case may be, be honest and open about it with your boss to negotiate your salary. Because at the end of the day, your salary, it's probably just a tiny speck of the expense of the entire firm. Yes. Right? And it might be more difficult for them anyway to find a replacement. Hmm. And that's going to take also like more money in effect because like, you know, when you have a new hire, he's going to be a negative headcount for the first few months, right? Yeah. And if you're the author of a lot of automation macros and if <laughs> people look up to you, because once you leave, there are negative logistical issues with the macros. Oh, and yes. second is it gives kind of a negative aura or morale of the company or your colleagues would be very low because hey ray is the most dedicated person why did he leave us yeah so yeah. to avoid that chances are your company would want to retain you but it doesn't work for everyone especially if you're just the chitty guy that doesn't get the work done <laughs> like also that make sure that that's why we've mentioned right know your worth and if you think your worth is not really well compensated then yeah uh, then probably looking for a third-party market appraiser, which is a recruiter in this example, would be a good option for you to do. That's a good point. Yeah, I think a lot of women, again, are terrible at this, negotiating salary, knowing their worth, because they lack confidence, right? So mm. if you lack confidence, then this is going to follow. Mm. You also don't feel like you're confident enough to negotiate a raise because what right do I have to ask? I should be just happy that I have a job. No. So, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't think that way. Mm -mm. You should think about <laughs> progress, about improvements in life. <laughs> <laughs> to close this, we would like to say that even though we did say at the beginning, right, that we should work hard and all that, I think work-life balance is also important. Mm. So, like, obviously, if you work hard, but uh, don't do it to the point that you are not even sleeping anymore, you know? Mm. Like, work is not really everything. Don't sell your soul <laughs> or your health for it, right? A bit of OT is okay, especially if you're young. That's fine. But leave some time also for your relationships outside of work, right? And mm. also for your hobbies, which you mentioned in a former episode, right? Because they are going to improve your life. Mm. You don't just work, 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 work. At the end of the day, life is not work. Right? So life mm. is the relationships you have outside your family, your friends. So if that is already being sacrificed, then maybe you're asking too little from your company, right? Because you're like, you've given mm. everything. And the point is also compartmentalize, as we've said, right? Like if you have a problem at work, don't bring that to home. Yeah. Just leave it there. Be more engaged with mm. your relationships outside. Because that's typically what happens, right? Like if you're so focused, and too overworked and chances are you shut down everything that's what's more important which is your friends and family so yeah do that don't sell your soul i like that <laughs> i like yes. that term cutie minute time minute. for our followers cutie minute your thoughts in our voice cutie minute not minute. really one minute but we're calling it cutie minute our first cutie is Tripti Neni and she is commenting on episode 52, How Do Filipinos Celebrate Birthdays? And she said, I just finished listening to your latest episode. How fun naman mga co-workers ninyo. It seems must lose ang rules sa Pinas office etiquette. Haha, <laughs> a co-worker kissing someone on the cheek could definitely be grounds for harassment. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> 
that's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god. Yes, I think so. Yeah, there's definitely more loose in the Philippines. And then she continues, I love your ideas of ideal birthday celebration. You asked in the podcast, what is ours? Mine is quite similar to Ray. Take a trip somewhere and explore. Either camp at a national park that I've never been to or hotel or Airbnb at different city, state, or country. Hike at a trail with views of mountains, lakes, and trees. Tapos, massage in the afternoon. Post-shower, of course. Then, fine dining at night. Nice. We. Tapos, tuloy ang gala the following day after sleeping in. Yeah, that's oh. a very good way to spend your birthday. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I miss that. That's a very nice experience. I wish mm-hmm. every day is my birthday. Anyway, so that's a <laughs> too high of a wish. The next cutie is Vinto-san. And this is in response to episode 63. Oh, the very recent one. What were your hobbies as a kid? And Vintosan says, Yes, I like reading too. So relate to the titles that Miss D has read. Oh, Miss D. Nancy Drew, <laughs> The Hardy Boys, and Percy Jackson. I outgrew my fiction phase and been reading non-fiction lately, similar to Mr. Ray's taste. Mr. Ray and Miss oh, D. Mr. Ray. <laughs> That's interesting. Psychological, behavioral, and self-help. However, what's weird about me is that I prefer reading the ebook versions than the actual print. I tried buying softbound books, but I can't seem to finish it. Meanwhile, give me a copy of an ebook and I can read it within a week or less. Thanks for this another high quality episode. Thank you for reminding me that I need to read more books. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Thank you very much for that. I'm the opposite actually. Like um, I tried reading through an ebook, but I still prefer having the actual physical book probably it depends on the situation like reading at night i prefer ebook so obviously it has the light i don't have to have ah okay uh, yeah, got it. anything other than my uh, kindle open but traveling outdoors even though it's bulkier i still prefer having the actual physical book oh okay i don't know why i told him like maybe the reason why he's rewired like that is because you know, he has the smartphone. So, like, mm-hmm. he's used to reading on a uh, screen. So, maybe that's why. Maybe it really depends on the person as well. So, that's it. We'll just have two today because we have, you know, gone on so long <laughs> already, okay? <laughs> but I hope we will see you again next week. And I hope we have given value to you, right? Mm. <laughs> yes. Let us know which tips you found useful and which tips you have tried and didn't work. Yeah, it really depends on the person, right? Yeah. yeah. Let us know. Yep. Please let us know. Yeah. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Bye.